Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. We're back, giving you the news. We are. Here we are. You know what we have to do? What? We have to let everyone know about a really special birthday. Malsy. Smalls. Guys, okay, so if you've been following along or you're new here, regardless, you need to go to one of the Girl on the Gov IGs and you will find the cutest pepperoni ever. Like, he is just paused the... Like, just pause, ha, 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 pause, <laughs> get it? Pause everything you're doing and go check it out because he's such a little cutie patootie and sometimes he wears slippers and it's just really cute. And anyways, it was his birthday yesterday and the world just needs to know that, you know, Smalls gained another another year on this no, he's pup-tastic earth. He's 11. He's, how old is he? 11. 11. And those dogs oh. are like lifespan is like 10. So he's like, wow. Good. Like, Does he yeah. eat his Wheaties? I mean, what's his, what's his routine? He eats, he eats. Yeah. He's a little mousy and he's 11. We're just, we love him. What we'll type of like official wolf is he? Like if someone were like, oh, he's this type he's of breed. English bulldog. English bulldog. Okay. There we have it. If we have any English bulldog fans, let us know. Yeah. I am super curious. I love them. They're so silly. 
as many so a person silly. knows, I am a wiener dog stan, but I've recently become actually a basset hound stan. I can't, I can't get enough hilarious. of that. I was They're watching so funny. a dog like last week and I took it to the dog park and there were two basset hounds that showed up. Oh my God. And they're just hilarious i've never seen them run and like they were like running and playing with dogs and i like didn't know it was possible for them to like even run and like their literal their ears were like like swiping on the ground it's just like so funny it was the funniest thing i was like i've seen them before but never seen them active and that was an experience incredible incredible i have accidentally made our tiktok from time to time in the last few weeks become very basset hound focused if you've noticed on the fyp mm. and one of the things that the owners talk about is having to take them back from the dog park and wash their ears because their ears are grazing the ground and I'm just like oh but then I wonder this and like not that there's anything you can do about it but I wonder if like it hurts their ears like if they're scraping the ground Mm. or if they're just they're really they're built tough like a Ford truck like I'm curious what the deal is. I mean I'm sure there if certain substances might might irritate the ears but I'm I'm sure they're fine or they maybe don't even have nerves down there. Who knows? But that's a good point. Hmm. Nonetheless, let's get into the top stories of the week. To kick us off, Congress is back. So the House and the Senate are now back in town beginning for a three week sprint before the midterm elections. And so there are 57 days, you guys, until Election Day. Holy shit. Wait, sprint. You know what I would love to see? Bassa Hound sprint. You know, that's not where I was going with it, but that. <laughs> Mitch McConnell that sprint? Too. Yeah, obviously. Was that or what like, it was? Uh, well, it wasn't even specifically him. I would just like to see all of them like in a, a general... physical race like yeah because there's the baseball game but like i would I, love to that's see... on my bucket list actually we need to make sure we're like in dc let's plan our dc trip mm. around the baseball game because i need to be there i just want to see what's up i can't believe you're going to subject me to baseball but for the hot dogs and the experience and, i will do it yeah but anyways so As for what's happening on the Hill, there's a lot of TBD right now. The Senate will take up several circuit court nominations this week while negotiations continue on short-term government funding bill and same-sex marriage legislation. The House, back for the first time in a month, will vote on several transparency measures. Yes. Um, Sorry, guys. Maddie's looking at me, and I've been giving her a look for that entire paragraph of, like, I need to say something. I actually didn't see you. I just was seeing, like, something in my peripheral vision, like a little (laughs) hand movement. I was like, okay, let me just get through this paragraph, and I'll address the student in the class. (laughs) It's raising her hand. Teacher, hi. Okay, well, what I learned, and I don't remember if this was from Punchbowl or The Hill over the weekend, but I guess it takes about 30 hours per nomination. Which is a long EF time. And I'm not saying they're sitting there for 30 consecutive hours, but the process. That's like the workload. Yeah. Yeah. Well, members will also vote on a bill by Rep. Jerry Connolly. He's a Democrat from Virginia. And Brian Fitzpatrick, who is a Republican from Pennsylvania. And that says federal employees can't be reclassified as, quote, Schedule F unless Congress approves. 
Former President Donald Trump issued an executive order on this shortly before he lost the 2020 election. It potentially could have allowed him to fire tens of thousands of federal workers, and Biden rescinded the order when he came into office. But there are reports Trump will bring it back if re-elected in 2024. Okay, so what does it mean to be a Schedule F employee? Basically, it means that they could be fired at will for any reason and replaced by anyone at that time the president deems fit without requiring them to go through the rigorous competitive service hiring process. There it is, folks. So the continuing resolution, which is called CR in the old Capitol Hill world to keep federal agencies open past September 30th, is still under discussion. The floor action isn't expected this week, and the end date for the CR is likely to be December 16th. What will be attached to the CR is the sticking point. The White House is seeking $47 billion in funding for Ukraine, COVID, monkeypox, and disaster relief. The COVID funding request, as it has for months, is running into GOP opposition. Republicans believe that the White House should reprogram funds from the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan to meet any needs for vaccines, tests, and therapeutics. And so Biden is seeking more than $13 billion in Ukraine-related funding as part of the latest package. So following the stunning battlefield successes by Ukrainian forces during the last few days, developments that have shocked official Washington, this request looks all but guaranteed, and it was anyways. So floor action on the CR will begin in the Senate likely next week. As always, nothing can happen in the Senate without consent. There is no danger of a shutdown, of course. It's just that lawmakers need to get a deal before they can go home to campaign um same-sex marriage bill is again a topic of conversation this week senate majority leader chuck schumer has promised to vote on same-sex marriage bill this month and senator tammy baldwin and susan collins are floating a religious quote religious liberty amendment to the underlying proposal so susan collins is actually the lead republican on the same-sex marriage proposal and collins needs to find a way to get 10 gop votes collins and two democratic colleagues again Tammy Baldwin and then Kirsten Cinema of Arizona have been working behind the scenes to craft a, like we said, that religious liberty amendment to try and appease Republican concerns. And so if a deal is going to happen, it needs to happen this week on this bill. But that's the run through for Congress. So here we are. Here we are. I mean, interesting. Interesting things are afoot, as per usual. And this is your reminder to call your reps. Call Mm -hmm. your reps, specifically your senators, so that this bill gets across the finish line. Let's codify same-sex marriage. Let's do it. And interracial marriage, you know? It's... Yep, absolutely. It's in there as well. So, nonetheless, get on your phone, dial those digits... Or what is it called when you have it saved in your phone? Speed dial. There it is. Speed (laughs) dial, y'all. Okay. So next up, primaries. Primaries, aka the last set of primaries, I believe, right? Yep. Last set. Wow. We are, folks. Can you believe it? Like, yes and no. Because here's the thing. I feel like we have been talking about primaries, getting through primaries for centuries at this point. Centuries. Mm -hmm. Well, it started in February when Texas was lame as fuck and did their primary so early so nobody knew about it. Don't forget about that. Nope. But, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. And here we are at our last set, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Delaware. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. Which I am curious. I am curious what will happen here. Now, speaking of midterm season, voter season, election season, we do have... 
on our Etsy. She's yelling at me because I'm moving the mic too much. This is what y'all are witnessing. Behind the scenes, real content and the making. Anyways, on Etsy, we do have our fun phrases available as digital downloads. We're adding colors each and every day, but we've got some blues, some greens, the classic pinks. We're going to be adding some cute tan ones for civic engagement season. So if that's for your me. vibe. Yep. For Maddie. But I honestly, I was looking at them and I was really, really liking them. Yeah, I love some new Which trolls. like, duh, I just don't have anything aesthetically like room decor wise that goes in the tans department but nonetheless go shopping decorate your dorm decorate your bedroom decorate your home office have a time make some prints do it up it's civic engagement season let's get it speaking of getting it we want to get on with the show here and the show is really about these races so tuesday's races september 13th no it is not a friday so no one no one needs to worry anyways the winners of these primaries will have only eight weeks to win over voters ahead of the general election so for them that is going to be a sprint which really i think that's going to probably be our most said word for the next few weeks it's the sprint it's we're in the last sprint last mm. leg mm-hmm. the well, last selection season you guys after this primary yeah we're on the home stretch november 8th crazy absolutely crazy all right well anyways let's talk about new hampshire because until late last year new hampshire's republican governor chris sununu was widely expected to run for u.s senate taking on democratic senator maggie Hassan. instead he opted to seek a fourth two-year term as governor why are you holding your microphone like that like, what the fuck is that? I took a picture for anyone who <laughs> is curious. Let me do it again. It's a bizarre. The bizarre. Sorry, I keep going. I just... But, like, even just the way your hand is, like, just <laughs> softly, like, on the edge. I just don't understand. Stop it. It's giving me anxiety. I need you to hold it normally. I was lying. Okay. Instead, he opted to seek a fourth two-year term as governor, dealing a major blow to Republicans who had hoped he could help them retake control of the Senate. Although he faced intense pressure to run for the Senate, Sununu insists he can have a bigger and more direct impact as governor than as a senator. I honestly don't disagree with him sometimes. And despite efforts by Trump's former campaign manager to recruit a challenger, none of the other five Republicans on the ballot Tuesday pose a serious threat. So that is interesting. Nonetheless, I feel like Sununu is synonymous with kind of classic Republican politics, kind of like that old guard vibe. I don't know, at least he's one of those people from being an East Coaster that you just like you just kind of know. think, no, you just know. Even if you don't know, I feel like he also fits in that category of like, even if you don't know what his exact policy stances are, or things he's either accomplished or not accomplished or whatever, like you just somehow know who he is. Like he's just one of those people, like you just, whatever. So interesting we'll see what happens there then moving to well more things with sununu out of the running a crowd of 11 candidates stepped forward to seek the gop senate nomination including state senate president chuck morse former londonderry town manager kevin smith and crypto i can't say that seriously cryptocurrency entrepreneur bruce fenton but retired army brigadier general donald bullduck who lost the gop primary for new hampshire's other senate seat in 2020 quickly emerged as the front runner via dogged grassroots campaigning to compensate for his lack of cash that has made establishment republicans nervous with snoo calling bullduck not a serious con- candidate 
wow, what a what an insult. My goodness gracious. Ho ho. And a conspiracy theory. Why can't I say that word ever? Theory theorist. The- Not a serious candidate and a conspiracy theorist. Zinger. Got him. Got him. Got him. Democratic groups, meanwhile, have put ads promoting Bulldog, hoping he'll be an easy opponent for Hassan in November. I also just side note think this approach is so dangerous. So, so dangerous. Like they have done this in quite a few races where they've supported the like extremist or tried to elevate the extremist candidate to make it what they think is going to be like a slam dunk democratic win because the person's so Trumpy and like so opposite. But I think that like they underestimate how many people are A, in that like extremist Trump camp, B, I don't think they understand that those those people turn out. Whether you like them or not, you got to give them credit, they turn out. And like that I think is incredibly dangerous. Like there's those are the people that are going to turn out more than like classic Republicans by a long shot. So to me, know. I'm like, I don't think this like bolsters. I think I it's just, dangerous look, in some ways, but I also know that, yeah, there is a lot more of those people than people realize, but there's way more people that aren't those people that that yeah. I think the GOP underestimates. That's what I was kind of saying earlier. It's just that like this strategy the GOP has just continued with this Trumpian strategy after 2020 with like the policies they pushed through, but then now into these campaigns of how they're like going sticking with the crazy Trump shit. It's only I think, and we've seen that now with polls coming out, independents leaning towards Democrats. It's like that's only going to bring people out. I think for democrats even if they're not like the biggest fans of democrats because they just don't want the crazy conspiracy shit so i don't know and that's why you know biden did that whole speech about you know the far right and like this whole messaging of the democrats i actually think is smart just because like all the shit they've been doing is what pisses people off and makes people pay attention and if people if that shit wasn't happening i think literally the people who would turn out are the trump people if they everything was normal and all these threats weren't here none of the like democrats progressives young people independents would like turn out for democrats because it's this threat of like the trumpian stuff that's going to turn normal people out and the majority of people i think are normal people depending on the district obviously but yeah definitely we're talking about a senate race so like that's not that's like a statewide situation that i think you can do that but if you're in a district where it's like very QAnon vibes obviously like that's you're only making it the problem worse but totally i think yeah, I don't know. I think just the execution on it also is what worries me. If like the Democrats were good marketers, I would be like, hmm, a little more confident in that strategy. But because they're typically not, I feel like a botched version of that does more harm than not. So I think that's more like where my lens is coming from. Curious to see where this rolls through. I do think New Hampshire is one of those states that's there, like it is a battleground state, but when you like drive through it and you like count the political signs, you really see it. It's definitely one of those where you're like, huh, this does feel very purple. So, yeah, speaking definitely of purple, in- by the way, mm. I just have a total side note. I was in like Nevada last week and it's just like crazy being in a swing state, like the commercials are insane and they're like so attacky because it's like it's so much it's such a high stakes state that it's like they have to swing all these voters and it's just so different than like the you know political ads i see in california because it's like we're all on the same page over here you know but like in nevada it's like a toss-up so the way they're like attacking these campaign ads and like for the senate race there it's just like it's very interesting just have to say that so if you're in a swing state 
I'm sorry. I feel like it's just really aggressive political ads right now. And I didn't know it was that bad. That is definitely interesting. Well, anyways, Hassan seeking a second term in the battleground state faces two virtually unknown challengers on the Democratic side. Although Democrats hold all four of New Hampshire's congressional seats, Republicans control the state legislature and Hassan's 2016 win was a narrow one. That really feels about right for every time I've driven through that state, been in that state, hung out in that state, gone for a little kayak ride in that state, whatever it is. Anyways, on the congressional sides, many expected major changers in New Hampshire's two. Oh my God, is the window open? Can we close? It's like really loud. I think they're mating. Brief intermission while Smith had to close her windows because there's an eagle fight outside. Okay, where were we? Many expected major changers in New Hampshire's two congressional districts thanks to a once-in-a-decade redistricting process. But that didn't happen. Earlier this year, the Republican-controlled legislature redrew the state's two districts to give the GOP an advantage in the first district. But Sununu vetoed the plans, and the maps were updated by the courts instead with only minor changes. Still, Republicans are bullish about their chances in New Hampshire and are eagerly eyeing both Democratic-held seats as potential pickups in November. New Hampshire's first district flipped five times in seven elections before Democrat Chris Pappas won his first term in 2018. He faces no primary opponent this year, while more than 10 Republicans are competing for a chance to challenge him. Wow, guys, really throwing your hat in the ring. Okay, the field includes a number of candidates with ties to Trump. Matt Mowers, that name, if he is not the king of mowers, I, I don't know. Like, Get this man he adds grass not to give business. him an idea, but like he needs to come out on a John Deere mower. Be like, and saying, I'm going to mow this bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we're actually really good strategists. Down. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, hit us up at infogirlonthegov.com for some political consulting. <laughs> we are ready. Ready and waiting. <laughs> we are. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay, so the... <laughs> The district's 2020 Republican nominee and a former Trump State Department advisor. That's his 411, not knowing. Anyways, Caroline Levitt, a former assistant press secretary in the Trump White House, and former TV broadcaster Gail Huff Brown, who's married to Scott Brown, a former U.S. senator from Massachusetts and the Trump administration ambassador to New Zealand. While Trump hasn't endorsed in this race, the candidates haven't been shy about emphasizing their connections to them. You know what is, like, so funny? Hmm. How, like, social climby politics is. Like, oh, can you the, imagine? It's the worst. LA, LA like or, like, Hollywood and politics, same energy. Like, especially if you, like, if you, like, work in the space, like, the way the name dropping and just, like, it's all, it's it's same energy. So much cloud chasing. Oh, my God. Okay, so Sway House and politics. Shit, no, shit same. in common. So, yeah, same especially energy. the TikTok world now and... And politics, same energy. Wild. Okay. Apologies, y'all. We are getting on with the show here. In the second district, Democratic Rep Annie Custer faces no primary challenge as she seeks a sixth term. Seven Republicans are vying for their party's nomination to challenge her, including pro-Trump candidate Bob Burns, former county treasurer who runs a pharmaceutical safety company. Why do I feel unsafe? about that the more moderate george hansel mayor of Keene, and lily tang williams grew up in china and a former libertarian u.s senate candidate in colorado so there are look there's peeps in this race it's always interesting to me when there are primaries that are as crowded as some of these like 10 people throwing their hat in the ring oh yeah just wait till really the presidential interesting. primary 
Yeah, true. Let's talk about Rhode Island, though, right? Rhode Island, what's up? What's up, Rhode Island? Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is trying to fend off four Democratic challenges as he seeks his first full term in office. McKee, the former lieutenant governor, became governor a year and a half ago when then-Governor Gina Raimondo was tapped to be the U.S. Commerce Secretary in the Biden administration. McKee is expected to be in close context, contest, excuse me, against Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia. Both were first elected to statewide office in 2014 and maintain a base of support and name recognition among voters. Also running in the Democratic primary, Helena Fuchs, a, I could be wrong on that pronunciation, y'all. It's F-O-U-L-K-E-S. Folks? Could be a silent L, though. Mm, it's giving folks. Who knows? Not us. Please, if you're from Rhode Island and you know, please let us know. A former CVS health executive who has proved to be an adept fundraiser and is sure spending is. heavily on the race in her first bid for public CVS office. CVS health executive, a good fundraiser. Wow. I wonder who's funding her. <laughs> Big Pharma. That has not been Uh, fact checked, but we will. We will. We will. Former Rhode Island Secretary of State and Progressive Candidate Matt Brown and community activist Dr. Louis Daniel Munoz. McKee is hoping that his stewardship during the COVID 19 pandemic and his 94 year old mother will. What? Okay, well, we'll earn him the Democratic nomination. Willa McKee, not McGee, McKee is a star of her son's first television ad titled Mother. Because that's what? how she pronounces mother. I need to watch this. Oh my Wait, God. stop. The two are playing cards as the governor talks about helping the economy, eliminating the state's car tax, creating affordable housing, and passing gun safety laws to keep families safe. Not bad for a year and a half, the governor says. He laughs as his mother replies, not bad for a governor that lives with his mother. Stop. Stop. The way I'm going to sprint to go watch this. Yep. Oh my god. Wait, so everyone find. go watch this. Maybe we'll find we'll find the link to it and, and put it in the episode description because that sounds cute as fuck. I had no idea it existed. And like what type of political commentators are we? And we don't even know the success. I'm so disappointed in us. I know. We're we're getting on it. In our defense, neither of us live in Rhode Island and we're not being served this ad. This is true. But nonetheless, still bad on us. But we do want to just finish up Rhode Island right now. With the congressional race, the second congressional district seat has been held by Democrats for more than three decades in a state traditionally dominated by the party. National Republican leaders think now is their best chance to flip it. Interesting. U.S. Rep. Jim L-A-N-G-E-V-I-N, who has represented the district since 2001, announced his retirement in January. Hope you're having a great vacation, sir. The state's Democratic treasurer, Seth Magnizer. Nope. That sounds like... Mag- that sounds Gazina. like a porn star name or something. Gazina. <laughs> well, ha- anyways, he is the treasurer and has been running for governor, but switched races after Lane Gevin's announcement to try and keep the seat in Democratic control. How did I graduate college? My God. Magaziner, who is considered the frontrunner and has been endorsed by Lingevin, faces a crowded Democratic field, including Joy Fox, a former top aide to Lingevin, former Biden administration official Sarah Morgenthau, Omar Ba, executive director of the Refugee Dream Center in Providence, and the former state lawmakers David Siegel and Spencer Dickinson. Popular former Rhode Island mayor Alan Fung is running unopposed for the Republican nomination after two rivals dropped out of the race. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy visited Rhode Island in August to raise money for Fung. Interesting. McCarthy on the move. (laughs) McCarthy on the move. Okay, well, that was your primary run-through. We... Those are the last. We didn't. Do we even cover Delaware? 
this, these were like the ones that people are watching, according to Associated Press. So those are the New Hampshire ones and Rhode Island. Maybe there's nothing too hot and heavy happening in Delaware. But those are the last multi-state primaries until November 8th. And we hit the general. And then we were looking at this. And I guess Louisiana has like their primary on the day of the general. Louisiana does not conduct pr- true primary elections. Instead, all candidates running for local, state, or federal office appear on the same ballot in either October and odd number years or November and even numbered years, regardless of their partisan affiliation. So if a candidate wins a simple majority of all votes cast for the office, 50% plus one vote, he or she wins the election outright. So their election in general is the same. So if you're in Louisiana, there is the T for you. But Everyone else has gone through their primaries as of this week, and here we are. And then before we leave you guys for top stories today, we do have a little bit of an update on the Trump ex-FBI collab. So former President Donald Trump's attorneys on Monday said they opposed the U.S. Justice Department's request to continue to review classified documents seized by the FBI. So in a court filing, his lawyers also asked U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon to require an independent arbiter called a special master to include the roughly 100 documents with classification markings in its review of more than 11,000 records recovered during the court-approved search at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. So we talked about that part a little bit last week, but Trump's lawyers in the filing said that Trump disputes the Justice Department's claim that the 100 records in question are in fact classified. And so they reminded Cannon that a president generally has broad powers to declassify records. However, they stopped short of suggesting that Trump had declassified the documents, a claim that he has made on social media, but not, not in any official court filings. And so his lawyer said, there still remains a disagreement as to the classification status of these documents. The government's position therefore assumes a fact not yet established. So they're basically saying the actual status of these documents is still unclear. They're maybe not as classified as the FBI is saying, which I I don't I just don't agree with because they literally saw them, but whatever. So the clash between the Justice Department and Trump over how to treat classified material put puts Cannon on the hot seat to make a decision. That's that lawyer, or sorry, that district judge from last week that we talked about the story a little bit, who kind of helped the Trump camp out in this investigation. And so if she rules that the Justice Department cannot continue relying on the classified materials for its criminal probe or insists on letting the special master review them, prosecutors have threatened to appeal to the Atlanta-based 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. So Trump lawyers also said in what at its core is a document storage dispute that has spiraled out of control, the government wrongfully seeks to criminalize the possession by the 45th president of his own presidential and personal records. So that's what the Trump lawyers are saying. They also added, quote, the government should therefore not be permitted to skip the process and proceed straight to a preordained conclusion. The Justice Department has also opposed appointing a special master to review records for executive privilege claims, saying the records do not belong to the former president. And so in a ruling in the ruling in favor of Trump's request for a special master last week, the district judge Cannon rejected the Justice Department's arguments that the records belong to the government and that because Trump is no longer president, he cannot claim executive privilege. Cannon was appointed to the bench by Trump in 2020, by the way, just months before he left office. So 
they had a little nudge nudge hey can you help us out moment and so if the special master decides some of the material is covered by trump's privilege claims it could hamper the government's investigation and so both sides each proposed their own list of two possible candidates for the job late on friday they are expected to update the court later on monday about their views on each other's proposed candidates and if the special master decides some of the material is covered by trump's executive privilege claims it could hamper the government's investigation so that is the update on the Trump X FBI collab and the little roadblock hiccup that happened last week. It's going to come down to the special master and what they decide whether this material is like actually classified material or not. So we will see what happens here. And guess what? We will keep you updated. You know what just was officially announced? What? The iOS speak today um the software update for iphones that allows you to edit and undo ios i'm done how do you say it ios (laughs) (laughs) how intriguing yeah well anyways a few details to keep in mind you only have 15 minutes to edit a message apple shrank the window and after feedback that longer windows could be abused and keep in mind you only have two minutes to delete a message person on the receiving end will see a note that you've edited or unsent the message you'll also have the ability to see your unedited text by tapping and holding on the edited flag so you may still have some explaining to do interesting interesting i do think that's really positive though because it's like if okay if you are in a scenario where someone is you know whether they're abusive they're shitty from whatever it is and they go editing texts and trying to like play off like, like days later yeah like, i didn't like say that. that would be yeah right like i could just see it being so no that's a good so like balance of like yeah no it's for like typos or shit like that or you know whatever i don't even Although, like I, even in the apps where i can edit messages i feel like i rarely ever ever do it like i only do it for typos it's so weird well those are your top know. stories of the week ios updates included and ios ios the, also before you go we want to give you a little sneak peek on who we talk to tomorrow because oh God, we talked yeah. to a pretty pretty big fish um, big fish in a small yeah. pond but also just a big fish period because we talked to congress member pete welch out of vermont Woo-hoo. we did and he is running for senate so we talk about that race a little bit but more than anything we really talk about his time in congress different committees we also just really get into the tea with him so if you want to hear me tell a sitting congress member most likely future senator what we call mitch mcconnell here this episode is samantha's yeah samantha sure did Sometimes. call him cock block mcconnell in front of a sitting congress member and the sole congress member of vermont by the way which is yep. some interesting stuff we talk about as well if you didn't know that there's only one mm-hmm. congress member in vermont and it is congress member pete welch and he it may basically function like similar to a senator really and so he's homies with bernie and you know all the boys so just we talk about all of it we talk about all yeah. of it we do it's really it's a fun episode it's an informative episode and we continue to learn that i love putting my foot in my mouth for the for the good of the people i have no regrets i have no filter comes with the territory so we love it though. we love it that's what and it he, is he, we do. he, he loved, loved it, it. But he was you'll hilarious have to, you'll have to he listen is, to he's a who like not to sound like a nine gazillion old but like he's a who he is he is and he is pretty destined to we a Senate seat in November, so there's that as well. But we're not. We're gonna stop talking about it and stop. No. Stop giving it all away. So, 
We'll talk to you tomorrow. Toodles. Toodles. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.